God, we praise you. Your name is higher. It's the name above every name. One day every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we're here to worship you today. We're here to think about the most important thing for this life and for the eternal life to come. And God, thank you for your love in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So glad you're here today. Today we're actually finishing up a, a series that we've called uh, I Am. Did you know that uh, God is a speaking God? God spoke to uh, Moses in a burning bush. He spoke to uh, Balaam <laughs> through a donkey. He, he spoke to Paul through a bolt of lightning. And I, I would imagine if we took a poll today that the majority of us here today would say, well, God's never spoken to me. And, and maybe we would mean by that God's never spoken to me in an audible voice. Now, God's never spoken to me in an audible voice, I would say. But you know what? There's a reason for that. In Hebrews chapter, uh, two, chapter 1, it says, In these last days, we're living in the last days, the days right before Christ's return. In these last days, God has spoken to us, how? Through His Son. He's the highest revelation. And friend, I just, I welcome you today because today his son, Jesus, is going to speak to you. That's what he does. He's a speaking God. And he's going to speak to us this morning from uh, John chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Uh, it'll be all up on the screen as well. John chapter 6, verse 1, we read this. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, or the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. And when Jesus looked up, he saw a great crowd coming toward him. And so he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Now, it's interesting. He only asked one of the disciples. He asked Philip, but there's a reason for that because Philip was from the town of Bethsaida, which is a nearby town. And so Jesus knew. I mean, if there was anybody that knew any, every bakery and bagel shop in town, it, it was Philip, all right? Verse 6, Jesus asked this, not really to get information about a restaurant, but to what? Test him. For Jesus had already had in mind what he was going to do. And Philip answered him and said, Jesus, it would take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have just a bite. Uh, Philip had calculated quickly in his mind. He said, Jesus, it would take six months wages, all right? And, you know, for an average American, let's say that's like $30,000 in today's money. Take that much to buy enough bread for the crowd that was coming, thousands of them. And friend, even if they could find a bakery with that much bread, and even if the disciples had $30,000, which they didn't, they'd only buy one bite full for every mouth. So Philip asked, or told Jesus... Jesus, what you're asking me to do, asking us to do, it's impossible. Now, we can all identify with Philip in that. 
Because every one of us, there have been times when we know Jesus was telling us to do something in, in the Bible or by his Holy Spirit, and we said, well, Jesus, that's impossible. You see, Philip was focused on the impossible problem. And when we focus on the impossible problem that we're, for, that we're facing, we forget the unlimited power of Jesus Christ. Now, fortunately, there was another disciple there who didn't do what Philip did. Verse 9 or 8, another of the disciples, Andrew, who was Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and said, Jesus, uh, I found a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will that go among so many? Andrew found this young boy whose mom had packed him a a lunch of uh, five bagels and two anchovies. And uh, this boy was willing to give them up. He was willing to give them to Jesus. Now, the adults there. You know, Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you may not enter the kingdom of heaven. You see, the adults thought, there's no way Jesus can feed a multitude with a meager lunch. But that's not what the little boy thought. Yeah, I've heard a lot of sermons on this passage. And, and usually they, they will say that, uh, well, this boy was the only one who packed a lunch, who had food. I don't agree with that. I think that there were probably many adults who they thought about it. You see, they had walked to the far side of the lake. I think there were many adults who thought, you know, I better pack some food because to get to the far side of the lake, that's going to take me at least a day. That's going to be a day trip, maybe two. I think there were tons of people who had lunches there. But none of them were willing to give them up. You know what? I think uh, we're going to meet people in heaven who were there that day, and they're going to say to us, I wish I'd have given up my lunch. I wish I'd have given my lunch to Jesus that day. Friend, let's not miss those opportunities that God gives to us. Verse 10, the story goes on. Jesus said, have the people sit down. And there was plenty of grass there on that mountainside, you know, coming down to the lake. And they sat down in here. Uh, John gives us, uh, tells us uh, some detail. There were about 5,000 men. Now, men and uh, women didn't eat together, you know, in groups, okay? They did at home, but I didn't do that. So they separated them that way, and there were about 5,000 men. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed it to the disciples. Uh, and they distributed it to all the people who were seated there. And they gave them as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, now, you know, there's, everybody's finished, everybody's full. I want you to gather up all the pieces that are left. I don't want anything wasted. And they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. You know, most people would regard Ray Kroc, uh, the founder of McDonald's, as the inventor of fast food. Uh-uh, Jesus is. I mean, you talk about fast food and feeding millions. Here it is right here. But in some, of, some people, many people, and I can understand, many people would say, 
I mean, that's not really what happened. I mean, you know, it's a kind of a spiritual analogy that Jesus fed them, you know. But there's no way that Jesus could have fed 5,000 men plus a family, you know, with, with just, you know, I mean, there's a, it's just a spiritual analogy there. No one has the power to do that. But friend, think please about this. If God has the power to create a planet, our planet, that produces enough food so that every day 7 billion people can eat, then don't you think God has the power to feed a measly 5,000? I do. You see, friend, God knew that many would not believe that Jesus was the virgin-born Son of God, and so God proved it. Jesus performed miracles to prove that He was the Son of God. That's the first thing. But Jesus did those miracles to show us, show you how much He loves you. Jesus is the one who provides naturally, most of the time. Have you missed meals? It doesn't look like I've missed any. Jesus provides those naturally through the natural laws of this universe and this planet that he's created. And, you know, sometimes he does it supernaturally. And the real issue is that most of us earthlings, we're so consumed with our earthly needs that we don't think about our eternal needs. (laughs) Jesus does. And Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, he said this, Man shall not live by bread alone. Listen, you're a physical being, and you've got to have physical food, but friend, that's not your greatest need. And so jumping now to John chapter 6 and verse 35, Jesus says this, and it's our theme today, one of these seven I am statements of Jesus. He says, I am the bread of life. And whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He's talking about our spirit and our soul. Jesus feeds our bodies, but he does so much more. He forgives our sins. And that's what your soul and your spirit need. And he feeds that spiritual dimension of our lives. I want to do something a little differently today. We're actually going to uh, stop the sermon. Now, I'm just letting you know that there's a little more to come. I don't want you to get your hopes up. You know, you're thinking, wow, Pastor Ron did a 10-minute sermon. I can't believe that. That, That's a miracle. I mean, feeding the 5,000 was nothing if Ron did a 10-minute sermon. No, okay. I just want to let you know we'll get back to a little bit more. But think about this story. They're listening to Jesus. Friend, I hope this morning you're listening to Jesus. They were on a hillside, uh, you know, sloping down to the uh, Sea of Galilee. You're, you're, you're sloping down. There's a slope floor here, you know, and you're all kind of facing up front here. And, and today I hope you'll focus on Jesus. Now, you and I weren't there the day that Jesus did this. We would have loved to have seen that, been a part of that, experienced that, wouldn't we? Well, friend, Jesus is here right now as much as he was that day. And Jesus loves you just as much as he loves those people. And Jesus fed those people that day, and today he wants to feed you. 
And so we're going to partake of our communion right now. And I just hope that you and I will just really grasp that, that Jesus is here today. And Jesus wants to do miracles in your life today. And Jesus wants to feed your soul and your spirit today. And let's do so as he invites us to his table. I'm going to ask our communion stewards to come. And this is how we're going to do it. We're going to kind of distribute it the normal way that we do. There's bread and cup in the same tray. And, and really, it works so much better if you'll help each other, okay? Don't try to grab your bread and your cup and hold the tray at the same time. Help each other, okay? Do that. And you take the cup, take the bread, and then please hold it. Please wait until all have been served, and then we'll partake together. But friend, Jesus is here today. And just like he fed that multitude, he wants to feed you. He wants to feed me. He wants us to realize that he is the living bread, the only one that can satisfy the eternal need in our heart and in our lives. Father, today, feed us. Feed us with the food that matters forever. We praise you that you're the living bread. And today we eat of you. We thank you, dear Father, that you are the shed blood that forgives our sins. And we drink of you. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like for you to remember back, okay? Remember a time... When you had maybe what you might think is the most amazing meal that you ever had. The greatest meal that you was ever given to you. And you loved it. And in fact, you loved it so much that you ate too much. And at the end of that, you took every bite that you could possibly squeeze in. And at the end, you said something like, I'll never be able to eat another bite. And what happened four hours later? You were hungry again. And you see, friend, the best meal that you could ever possibly have cannot satisfy you forever. All of us humans are on a search for something that's going to satisfy us forever. God has planted eternity in our hearts. All of us are on that search. And the things of life don't satisfy. They leave us wanting, needing more. In John chapter 6, Jesus tells us he longs to give us that something. That something that will satisfy not just our earthly bodies, but our eternal souls. And not just for now, but forever. So in verse 25, Jesus tells them, the next day, it's now the next day, and the people actually come back for more. And it says in verse 25, they found Jesus on the other side of the lake. And they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, very, verily, very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me. <laughs> Not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. And then he said this in verse 27, do not work for the food that spoils, but for food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. After being fed by Jesus on that, on that feeding of the 5,000, were the people satisfied? No. They came back for another meal. They were so focused on the physical and the temporal 
that they ignored the spiritual and the eternal. And friend, that's the reality of being a human. We are, we are consumed with the things that we see and the things that we touch and the things that we feel. We humans, we want Jesus to do another miracle today. We know that he's done great things for us, but we want something good today. We want to be satisfied physically more than spiritually. We search for satisfaction in the wrong places. We take for granted what God has already given to us. <laughs> we humans, uh, you know, uh, that, that, uh, that old rock song could be the, the theme song of humanity. I can't get no satisfaction. I try, I try, I try, I try, but I can't get no satisfaction. And that's because of the things of this life cannot. Physical satisfaction is temporary. Every time you're satisfied physically, it will only last for a while. It's fleeting. It leaves us empty and wanting more. And Jesus wants to give us that spiritual satisfaction today and forever. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What's righteousness? It's being in a right relationship with God. And we <laughs> humans don't naturally hunger for a right relationship with God. We hunger for the right clothes, the right house, the right car, the right job. Those things are nice. They're wonderful. But they won't satisfy the hunger of our soul. Only the bread of life can do that for you and for me. And so Jesus goes on in verse 33. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. We know who he's talking about. He's talking about himself. But they say to him in verse 34, oh, hey, give us that bread. They're still thinking of the physical and the temporal. Then Jesus declared, verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty because it will quench that thirsting of your soul. Verse 51, I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. So the question today, friend, what are you hungry for? Just the stuff of this life? Your satisfaction will be very temporary, very fleeting. But Jesus, the bread of heaven, the bread of God, the bread of life, satisfies the eternal needs of our heart and our life. What are you hungry for? The temporary or the eternal? In 1997, John uh, Krakauer wrote a book called Into Thin Air. It was about, it was a true story, it was about a, an expedition to uh, scale the summit of Mount Everest in 1996. There was a crew of professional climbers, and he accompanied them. They reached the summit. But one of those men, Andy Harris, stayed at the peak too long. 
He was so thrilled that he had made it, so, so overcome with that, the, the euphoria of having reached the top of Mount Everest that he stayed too long. And on his descent, his oxygen started running out. So he knew he was in trouble. He radioed the base camp uh, below, and he reported that uh, he, was, he was running out of oxygen. And then he, he reported this. He said, now... I have seen several oxygen canisters along the way that were left by others, but I know that they were used up and they're all empty. Well, the ones down at the base camp, the ones who had come down, the climbers who'd already made it down, they knew that those oxygen canisters were full. They had not been used up. And they told him, they, they reasoned with him, they, they tried to reason with him again and again. They said, no, 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 those oxygen canisters, they're full, we're sure. And it would do absolutely no good. He would not listen. He continued to argue. argue. He insisted that the canisters were empty. Now, why would he do that? Ironically, because his body was suffering from a lack of, lack of oxygen. He couldn't reason. He was losing his logic. The problem was that the lack of what he needed, the oxygen, had so disoriented his mind that even though he was surrounded by the very thing that would give him life, he refused to accept it. The very thing that he had held in his hand, those canisters, were full of the thing that was absent in his body. And friend... What oxygen is to our body, the bread of life is to our spirit. And in our world, we're living in a world where most people are starving, suffocating. And we don't even know it. And Jesus is offering himself the bread of God, the bread of life to us. And so many refuse to accept it. And we keep looking to satisfy our soul and our spirit, for it to be fed and fulfilled by earthly pleasures or earthly possessions or even earthly people. And they can't satisfy the thirst of our eternal soul. Friend, what are you hungry for? The bread of God, the bread of heaven, the bread of life is offering himself to you to be your Savior, to forgive you of all your sins, to be your Lord. As you walk with Him, as you obey His Word, as you obey the promptings of God's Spirit in your life, Jesus is that, that thing, the only one that can quench the thirst and the hunger of our soul for eternal life. I'm the bread of life. Would you bow with me, please? Dear Father, it's unbelievable that Jesus, the Son of God, would come to this world and, and die for every one of us. And so many of us reject him. It's unbelievable that the bread of life would offer himself to us 
is the only thing that can quench the thirstings of our spirit and our soul. And we would refuse it. We would try to find satisfaction and fulfillment in a career or in, in our possessions or, or in our family, in a, in a, in a husband or wife or in, or in children or grandchildren. God, it's just unbelievable that we would look to earthly things to satisfy eternal longings and needs. God, deliver us from trying that. Today, may we accept you, dear Father, as the living bread that you sent to feed our eternal soul. May we accept your Son as, as our life, as the only one who can lead us through heaven's gates, God. And may we walk with you every day, not looking for the things of this world to satisfy us, because they can't. Thanking you for everything that you give to us, but not looking to those things, looking to you, looking to Jesus, the author, the finisher for our faith, who one day is going to break through the clouds and come back for his followers. My dear Lord, may we be those followers, those that are walking with Jesus and not walking with the world. May we be those followers. May we feed on the only one who can give us eternal life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.